Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out and About with Antoinette. Now, you know that this is a podcast where I get an opportunity to interview awesome people who are from in and around the state of Delaware that are doing positive things in their communities. And today, my special guest is Laverne Toombs. Now, Laverne is a native of a small rural community in the great state of Louisiana, and she's been involved in the political and nonprofit arenas for the past 20 plus years. And not only is that, as a senior staffer for the United States Senator, and she is currently the VP of Development for the American Heart Association. And before we started this interview, I had to give her some kudos for some amazing things that she's been involved with, and I cannot wait to talk further. Laverne, welcome to Out and About with Antoinette. Well, thank you, Antoinette. I must admit that this is really an honor and a privilege uh, to be on the show with you and to see you again. I know we just saw each other a few weeks ago. And so thank you so much for this opportunity. And you're quite welcome. And, and I also wanted to tell you that Martha was so happy that you that I showcased the necklace that you had purchased um, when you came to Delaware. So she was like, thank you, Antoinette, because I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Well, I was a little disappointed that I was unable to wear it during my talk. Uh, matter of fact, I wore it today at a meeting, so she would be happy to know that. But uh, it's a beautiful piece. I get a lot of compliments um, when I wear it. So I, it is really a privilege. And I always tell everyone that it was a African-American woman who created this beautiful, one, you know, one-of-a-kind piece, and I wear it proudly. Well, I'm glad because, you know, support is so vital. And, you know, like you, you probably been traveling. I've been traveling forever, but I know that wherever you go, you're probably looking to seek out something that's unique for yourself or support someone else. That's just the vibe I get from you. Right. And as I shared with Martha, you know, I want to be a walking billboard for, you know, entrepreneurs. Uh, marketing budgets are very, very expensive and they can't afford it. So if there's someone who they trust with a piece or if you invest in a piece and you wear it, you know, that allows an opportunity for somebody to inquire. And then you can tell them, yes, I bought this at Martha's uh, Boutique in Delaware and that she showcased a number of African-American entrepreneurs and their wares and products. And so that goes a long way. And, and I've been doing this uh, for years, you know, just the opportunity to help up and coming artists, um, you know, designers who, cause I love fashion. So a number of people know that. I've had the opportunity to wear some beautiful gowns. Uh, matter, matter of fact, I wore a gown of an African-American designer here in New Orleans. His name is Harold Clark. And uh, he actually uh, would do the gowns for uh, Will of Fortune. Oh, okay. For Vanna White. And matter of fact, I had the privilege of wearing uh, one of Vanna White's dresses at a gala. Um, kind of like the Kim Kardashian type of situation, but I didn't go to that extreme. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he asked me to wear it. I wore it. It fit me perfectly. Um, and uh, it was an honor to do that for him. Um, and he has uh, designed a number of gowns for people from all over the world. And for him to ask me to wear that gown at this event, I did. I actually wore another beautiful um, 
a gown or, or should I say, it really wasn't a gown, but it was a beautiful dress that was designed by another African-American male. Um, and I had the opportunity to meet Joan Rivers. And so we took a picture and it was in the paper. And of course, people inquired about the dress. And so now that young man, of course, is has done Fashion Week. And this is some time ago, of course. Um, but uh, he's moved on. And not saying that it had anything to do with me, but at least I had the opportunity to know him and his very humble beginnings, wear his wares, and actually have that actual dress. And that is a beautiful, you know, because it always makes you feel good when you're not only helping someone, but when, you know, it's being acknowledged, you know, that is so important, but we don't go out looking for the acknowledgement. We're not looking for the glitz and the glamour. We just know we want to help someone out. So just like, you know, when you told me that you had that necklace that you had purchased from Martha, I was like, oh my gosh, I've known Martha forever. She is a staple in our state, our little state of Delaware. And for you to have purchased that and then, you know, just wanted to showcase that we, we appreciate that very, very much. So, you have been a very busy lady for your entire life and you've got some great things going on, but just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and your journey thus far. Well, you're right, Antoinette. I've been on an interesting journey and uh, yesterday it allowed me an opportunity to kind of reflect on that journey. Um, in my talk, of course, I talked about my adoption, learning that I was adopted at the age of 14 talk about, you know, some of my own life struggles that I uh, faced in life in the early years of my life. And so I tell young women or women that I just, I didn't really start living till late in life. Um, I didn't really discover who I am until late in life. Um, and I, was, I started at 36. I remember at 36 years old for the first time in my life that I can remember that I actually looked at myself in the mirror and was began to see myself differently because for so many years, I always thought I was unattractive or should I say the word ugly? You know, I was low self-esteem, not understanding my self-worth. And so at 36, um, someone in, you know, invited me to the world of volunteerism. I had no idea what that was. I was from the country. You know, even though I went to school, but I never was exposed to that type of um, environment or, or understanding what volunteerism was all about. So from that, it created a job, an opportunity for me. And I was working in a predominantly white community. So I was the only person of color and uh, really understood about nonprofit work where I learned how to write grants and raise money. And I remember this woman her name was Kathy Hayward, her and her husband at the time owned Camellia Beans. So that's the big red bean thing. So she actually was the chair of that nonprofit at the time. And she told me that that job was going to take me places. Well, you know, when people tell you things, you really don't, you know, just kind of go right over your head. Well, lo and behold, she was absolutely right. I stayed in that position for about three and a half years. Uh, and then from there, I really got involved in a nonprofit work. Um, and then I was appointed by um, George W. Bush to work with faith-based organizations across the country and building capacity and, you know, just helping pastors to understand the legal way uh, of operating their 501c3. And then again, um, I uh, not only was I in the nonprofit sector as uh, executive director or in some other capacity, but then I also was hired by a nonprofit to understand the funding side of it. So not only was I was the receiver 
but now I'm a giver. So it allowed me the opportunity to understand both sides, the giving and the receiving. I was in that position for you know a very short period of time because they did some transitioning. Um, and then uh, again, a friend of mine um, asked me would I volunteer on a campaign? I met this woman in 1997. She had, that was her first time, first run running for United States Senator in 1996. She had actually ran for governor and lost, and then she ran for United States Senator. Um, I volunteered for a minute, and then they were looking for someone of color uh, to work on the campaign. Uh, they asked me if I would be interested. I said, yes, I worked on her campaign, and I actually wound up being like her everything, her her speech coach, her her emotional person, you know, everything that a staffer wow. could be to a United States Senator. So this was in 2002. She won her election. She called me up. She asked me if I was interested in working for her uh, to be at the time a deputy regional manager for a United States Senator. Um, I said yes. And I remember in the back of my mind saying that I, I you know, I don't have no experience mm -hmm. in working for a, a you know, elected official, especially statewide, which we here in Louisiana, we have 64 parishes where mm. you all consider as counties. So we had the opportunity, or I had the opportunity to travel with her to all 64 parishes, meet some very unique people. The state of Louisiana is divided in three parts. We have South Louisiana that most people are familiar with when it comes to New Orleans. Central Louisiana, of course, that's where the Cajuns are in Lafayette. And then in North Louisiana is where I'm from, which is more Southern Baptist, close to Dallas, Texas. They, they're big Dallas Cowboy fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I actually wind up being the regional manager and senior staffer for United States Senator for 13 years, which allowed me an opportunity to, um, to meet some of the most powerful people in the world. Uh, one in particular that you and I are probably still in love with is our first Black president of the United States, Barack yes. Obama, had the privilege not only of staffing him when he was a United States senator, but also as president of the United States, as well as his wife, Michelle Obama. Uh, now then, now uh, President Biden, I had the opportunity to staff him when he was in the United States Senate, from Cory Booker to the majority of all the Congressional Black Caucus members, which I represented or played as a liaison for Senator Landrieu during um, Black Caucus Week mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C. And so it was a fun experience. And But the thing of it is here, Internet, for me, it wasn't so much about a job working for a United States senator. Because one, I didn't think, you know, I belonged there. Two, a number of people didn't believe that I belonged there mm -hmm. because the majority of the people who were there were you know, well-educated, well-traveled, you know, well-connected. And I come from a rural community where my peers voted in 1978 that I would be the one most likely not to succeed. Well, so, you know, so here I am, you know, I'm working for a United States Senator, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing elbows with some of the most powerful people in the world. Um, and it was really um, something, but at the end of the day, it was about service. Okay. And I always believe that the greatest gift that God has given us is, is the, the, the gift of serving. And so I got up every day with the mindset of serving the constituency on behalf of a United States Senator, Mary Landrieu. I did that, like I said, for 13 years. Uh, and then she lost her election uh, in 2014. 
Um, in 2015, there was this African-American woman. She was the first parish president, which we would consider as a mayor or mm -hmm. top administrator of a parish about 27 miles from New Orleans. She called me up. I knew her. I worked on her campaign in a volunteer capacity when I worked at Senator Landry. And she asked me if I would come work for her as her special assistant, as well as her interim director of economic development. So I did. I went to work for her. She was up for re-election. Um, and so I helped her in her re-election and she, um, she won. At the time, as I transitioned from being the interim uh, director of economic development, the person who had purchased and procurement resigned. So I took over that position, had no idea what procurement, <laughs> procurement I did. right? I, I did that, yes. <laughs> oh, I remember procurement. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh -huh. And so, uh, but during that time, I remember we were sitting in a boardroom and uh, she had all her, her directors. And she said, well, I guess we're going to be looking for a purchase and procurement director. And I was like, are you mean to tell me you're going to fire me in front of all these people? Oh my God. <laughs> And lo and behold, she appointed me as her chief administrative officer. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so you had two women of color in charge of, of a parish that populated about 46,000 people. Uh, it's considered like the undoing capital of the world. Uh, and uh, so I'm sure people know about undoing, undoing sausage. Right, right. Yep, 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 yep. All stuff like that. And so uh, it was her end of her term uh, after she went uh, ran and won. I was there for five years. Um, and the interesting thing of it is, is that I left uh, St. John Parish. There's a plaque, a placard on this new building and it has her name, my name and all the council. And wow. so that's something that my children and my grandchildren will forever see because that placard is there for life of the building and other buildings in the parish as well. But that particular 45,000 square foot building was brand new, it was built during the time that she and I were there. And, uh, you know, I again, as we talked about before we got started is that I, I kind of downplay stuff. You know, I don't, I really don't know how to embrace those type of things. And so I'm gonna have to learn, you know, how to embrace it. So anyway, uh, after that, I said to myself, I'm not, you know, I'm not working for another elected official. This is hard <laughs> I'm work. Done. I'm you done know, with the politics. If, let me tell you something. People can criticize elected officials and staff and all they want to, but let me, a real true elected official who is really serious about serving their constituency is, this is hard work. Mm -hmm. You have no life. It impacts your personal life. Um, it impacted mine, I can mm -hmm. say. I can't speak mm -hmm. for anybody else, but it's definitely impacted my life personal life. Um, especially, you know, I remember a friend of mine who would take me out to dinner and he would say, I'm going to have to take you somewhere where nobody knows you because, you know, when you're a public figure, even though you may not be the United States Senator or you may not be the parish president, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're still that face. Right. And so wherever I would go, people would stop me. They, I could be having dinner. I could be on a date. I mean, it, it, it didn't matter because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're 24 seven, right? right? Right. So that's what happened um, with me. And so I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And of course, you know, we're prone to hurricanes and major right, storms right. and stuff like that. So as hurricane season starts June 1st, I knew from June 1st to November 
almost December that I would not get any rest or any sleep. Wow. So uh, no vacation, nothing. Okay. So, um, so I, I, at that point decided, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So I, I said, I was going to semi-retire, you know, just yeah. enjoy the leisure, right. whatever, whatever. <laughs> I did have some, um, a client, a couple of clients. So that's how I wound up working at Southern University at New Orleans mm-hmm. as their interim chief administrative officer. That happened by accident because they wanted somebody to come Nothing and raise their money. by accident. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not only that, but um, so they were looking for a fundraiser, but they wound up somebody quitting the department. They asked me to take over the department, which I did. So I was there uh, for a year, helped them with their accreditation. There was having some challenges there. What I love is your give back. And I think because of your love of your give back, it has opened so many other doors. And what I want people to understand, especially those that may be going through something, like you said, you were very angry, uh, you know, when you found out that you were adopted at 14, you went through a lot, but that didn't turn you into a negative, that you didn't turn that into a negative. You literally turned that into a positive, whether you knew it at the time or not, because like you said, God has given us this life and what we do with this life, we have to do go forward. So I am so glad, you know, that you didn't let the negativity of your young life, you know, stop you from what you're doing now as a fantastic person, not only through all the politics that you went through, but I mean, look at you, you are dressing for success. You're helping people. You are giving back. Um, the Crown Me Image Awards is coming up. I mean, there is just so much that you're doing. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just in awe. I just love it. I just love it. And um, don't hide your light under a bushel. Share it. I, do you have a book? Are you going to write a book? Well, you know, I'm, thank you so much for asking that question. I wrote a book um, some years ago on how to start a profitable home-based business uh, back in 1995. And, um, and, and that is my hope, of course, to write a bestseller in regards to the book is going to be, it's going to be more, it's, it's going to be somewhat of a self-help type of book, yes, but it's going to yes. be a story uh, of my life. Yes. Um, because I really believe that you know, my target audience is, is women. Um, and of course, I'm a woman. And so that's, but I, I want to help women to understand about the struggle, that they're not the only ones. You know, when I talk about in my TED talk in regards to me carrying anger from the time I was 14 years old into my adulthood, and that at the age of 40, you know, I finally realized that something about this wasn't right. But just keep in mind that I carried that for 26 years. And so, of course, it piled and piled and piled. And so when I was 14, I, I, I didn't, there wasn't a title on those emotions. And then as you become an adult, you know, you can, then each one of those emotions has a title, you know. And so, you know, I want to talk to women about you know, adoption. I want to talk to them about rejection. I want to talk to them about life after the divorce. I want to talk to them mm-hmm. about thoughts of suicide. I want to talk mm-hmm. to them about, you know, being on subsidies and, and, and what it's like to not be on subsidies. And if you are on subsidies, okay, that's, there's a reason for that. I want to talk to them about, you know, motherhood and, and, and what it takes to be, you know, tr- strive to be the best mom that you can possibly be and talk about the failures and 
talk about the fact of you not having, you know, the best relationship with your children, you know, your bad decisions, bad choices. I want to talk to them about the fact, like for me, I was violated when I was 19 years old. So I want to talk to individuals and say, well, how do I forgive that person who took advantage of me? Mm -hmm. And I want to share that story. And I hope that one day I'll have that opportunity to share the story that I actually saw the person years later uh, that raped me when I was 19 years old. Um, You know, I want to talk to women who were abused physically and mentally because I went through that as well. Um, So when I reflect back on my life, Mm And I began to think about, you know, all the things that I've gone through, you know, even if it's someone else brought it up on me or if I brought it up on myself. At the end of the day, ultimately, I just want to be the poor. I just want to pour, you know, my life into someone else's life so that they can understand that I'm not the only one. So so my whole purpose, of course, is is to empower, inspire and and give hope. You know, because we're living in a society now where it just seems like people are just hopeless. Hopeless. I know. And that's why I'm when I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm frantically, I'm, I, you know, I, I take notes. I write voraciously, especially when I'm, you know, interviewing my guests, because I this thing that it just happened, I'm thinking and I'm like, oh, my God, yes. And I'm taking words and acronyms. You said 26 years of, you know, ang- there's something and a lot that you've gone through. And I know you are a change agent. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Laverne. But we're going to talk about some exciting awards that she has recently be, been bestowed upon um, and some upcoming events. And of course, how we can connect with you. And Ladybug, you know, you're coming back on my show, right? Because we have a lot to unpack. And I just, you know, I want you to to get that book started. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this um, quick break. And don't forget, you can find and follow me on all my social media platforms by using the link tree ID, A Blake Enterprises. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expat in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEAT community platform, or BCP. That can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events. You can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. 
Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO, Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Antoinette Blake, the CEO of A. Blake Enterprises, social media marketing and consulting, an award-winning blogger, vlogger, author, podcast host, and professional speaker. And here on Out and About with Antoinette, every Wednesday at 1 p.m., I am interviewing a guest from in and around the state of Delaware, people who are doing some amazing things in their communities. And today we're down in Louisiana with Laverne Toombs. And Laverne has been with um, American Heart Association for many years. And I'm not sure if you want to talk about that because we unpacked so much. If you missed the beginning of this podcast, you need to go back and listen. And even if you did hear it the first time, you need to hear it again because Laverne has an amazing story. I'm waiting for this book. She's going to write this book. I know she's going to get this book out there. But coming up, Laverne, tell us some of the great things that's been happening um, since your TEDx talk in Wilmington. Well, you know, again, I have to admit that I was like a nervous wreck and wondering uh, if my link was going to be or my talk was going to be selected. And so, you know, all my friends and, and colleagues and those that are familiar with TEDx was like, oh, my God, Laverne, when you link, when you link, when you link. And so, excuse me, yesterday, you know, as I shared with you earlier, I looked at my email and I saw it where it says, congratulations, you are now officially a TEDx speaker. Oh, cool. I didn't even so know that. I, yeah. And I just kind of like to start crying. And so I called my, my daughters. Um, and then even though I have four children and I have two girls, two boys, but mm -hmm. I always lean to my girls. And so I talked to them and they kind of, you know, helped me through the process. And then I call my Bessies. I have two Bessies that I call and they all excited and all this. But um, so that, you know, to be to to be on that platform is, is really major. And as I shared with you earlier as well, you know, I really don't know how to uh, embrace that. Right. You know, I don't want to downplay it. I want to I want it to be serious. So the last time I looked, I had almost 700 views in less than um, in less than 24 hours. hours. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. So yeah. So excited about that. And people are sharing on their social media and they're pushing it out on my behalf. So I'm really excited about that. And I know that you mentioned about, you know, the American Heart Association. So I'm the vice president of development. I have a team of people who we raise money, of course, in regards to heart disease and stroke. You know, we want to educate people, especially in the African-American community, where, you know, the high percentage of deaths are among people of color, as well as women. And so we have our heart walk 
We have our Go Red for Women luncheon. We have our Heart Ball, but we also have a number of programs and initiatives centered around vaping, tobacco prevention, also in regards to food security, because there are a number of our communities that have food deserts where they have to travel miles, where they you know, don't have fresh fruit and vegetables. And especially again, in communities like ours, mm -hmm. right here in inner cities, they don't have fresh fruit, fruit and vegetables. And so we're just, um, you know, just want to educate people about heart health, about the importance of activity, to move more. And so it really has, uh, this organization as a national organization, of course, uh, really is a wonderful place to work for. And I just feel really honored to have the opportunity to be a part of the AHA family. And then you also mentioned about Dress of Success which actually is a national organization uh, headquartered in New Orleans, I mean, New York, but we have an affiliate here in New Orleans. I have been a part of Dress to Success since inception okay. here in New Orleans. A dear friend of mine, Hope Ancolade, had this vision uh, to work with women and helping them um, get a professional attire. So I became chair of that organization for two years in 2008, and I had the privilege of bringing Kim Kardashian uh, when Kim was not like the Kim we know today. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and two African-American young guys who was from Detroit, who was shoe designers at the time. I found them through the Jet Magazine. And, oh, uh, I miss the Jet Magazine. <laughs> oh, I do too, God, yes. I miss the centerfolds, believe it oh or not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I always wish I could be one of those ladies in the centerfolds. I, I, I would just read like a little blurb first and then look yeah, at the picture. Yeah, I don't know where you're from. And right, like, right, 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 right. Yeah. But, um, and so, yeah, so I did that. And I'm very, still very much involved in Dress of Success because I believe in its mission. And, and the reason for that uh, is because I was one of those women. You know, I wish there was a dress of success for me back in, in the day, but there wasn't. And so now when you have that opportunity to make a difference in someone's life, and because of the fact that you're familiar with their struggles, you know, what what best organization to be involved with is dress of success. So right, right. Um, really happy to still be involved with them. And they have grown so much over the years. Uh, there was a little struggle there at one time, but they have picked it up and moving forward. So I'm really happy about that. Great, great. And then in regards to this, uh, this uh, Crown Me Foundation. Yes, yes, Crown yeah, Me. So I met this young lady when I uh, served in an interim, I guess interim or, or I don't know what you call it, executive director of the New Orleans Regional Light Chamber of Commerce. As how I met her, we actually did a ribbon cutting for her, for her officially launch her nonprofit. And of course, her nonprofit is centered around helping young girls, mm -hmm. mentors. Uh, she's an AKA. And, okay. um, and so we, we hit it off very well. We stayed in communications, even though when I was no longer with the Black Chamber. So I got an email uh, about two weeks ago, and she says, hey, I want to bestow this honor on you. And also, I, would, I wonder if you would be interested in being our mistress of ceremonies. And I was like, oh, I don't know about all that, but I can be quite entertaining. So, okay, all right, I'll do it. And so, uh, so yeah, so she uh, blasted uh, my TED Talk uh, out this morning, and I texted her and told her how much I appreciate it. And um, so, you know, again... I'm involved in a lot of chairing a, a gala with Kingsley House that um, primarily focused on early childhood education, mm -hmm. as well as adult care for our seniors. 
which is something very near and dear to me because I know that I'm at an age where I may need that adult care down the road. Right. Um, so I'm involved in that. I'm also involved in organizations centered around environmental issues because we have coastal restoration, coastal problems here in New Orleans, which was part of my former boss initiative. So I always want to let her know that I'm trying to keep her legacy alive. And of course, my links and all that other stuff that, you know, involved in. Yeah, but, Ron, um, you are an amazing woman. You are <laughs> uh, a phenomenal woman. And, you know, I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm very proud of my age. And when I asked you how old you are, I'm like, oh, well, you're, we're twinsies. And like I said, I love your energy. I love that you are out and about and you're doing things, even volunteering, because that is what we need. You know, it's, it's so easy to say, no, I'm not going to help you unless I get paid or, you know, I don't have time. But again, our gift from God is life. So what we do with that life is our gift back to him and we will be rewarded. So again, I'm, I'm going to bring you back. I know I'm going to bring you back, especially once you, you drop that book and it's not going to be too long. I know once you start, because it's not going to, you're going to do like, I can see it. I'm going to put it in the atmosphere right now. I can see it as a series, not just one book. Cause you know, we don't have time to read. People don't have time to read, but as a series, they'll be able to say, I need that topic or I need this topic, or my friend needs that topic. And, you know, I think when you put it like that in bits and pieces, it will be become bestsellers. Like, you know, what is that? What was those um, bestsellers? Um, food for the soul books. Yeah, that's what, exactly. That that's like what that. I can yeah. see. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I can see you doing. Yeah, that's a that's a great. Thank you. I appreciate that. When that happens, I'll be sure to make a nice contribution to your favorite uh, so before I let you go, wonderful lady, um, remember the wow, words of wisdom, leave us with a wow. Well, I think I may have mentioned this to you when we, we, when we met in person and I'm always about purpose, right? I, I just believe that people should focus on their purpose because when you understand your purpose, then you begin to understand you and you begin to understand what God has given you. Um, and I have gotten to the point where that's all, that's, that's what I live for. And that's what I hope and pray that I walk in my purpose, that I be about uh, the mission and fulfill the assignment. So if there's any word of wisdom, I would say to all the listeners out there is to seek your purpose because once you understand your purpose, then you're not going to be worried about what other people are doing or why I can't be like Antoinette, but uh, just be who you are. And I'm very comfortable in regards to who I am because I'm seeking each and every day to understand my purpose, walk in my mission and fulfill my assignment. So thank you so much. Thank you, Laverne. You are a gem. And I want to thank you for giving me some time out of your busy schedule to be a guest here on Out and About with Antoinette. And, you know, may God continue to bless you, your mission, and your vision. Well, thank you. And God bless you. Appreciate you tremendously. Thank you. And thank you for listening to today's episode of Out and About with Antoinette, because every week I have the privilege and the honor of interviewing a guest from in and around the state of Delaware who is doing some great things in their own communities. And if you'd like to be a guest on Out and About with Antoinette, please send an email to 
info at ablakeenterprises.com. And don't forget, you can find and follow me on all my social media platforms, including my blog and my blog, by simply using the Linktree ID, A Blake Enterprises. So thank you for listening. And please share this podcast link with your family, your friend, your bae, and your boo too. And until the next time, stay smart, stay safe, and stay social, because I will see you in cyberspace. See ya. It's the D.E. Diva, a.k.a. the Delaware Blogger, wishing you and yours a beautifully blessed day. Bye-bye.